Welcome to episode 14 of Super High Sci-Fi. Uh, today is somewhat special, although I think you'll find there are many definitions to that word, because in addition to Grant and myself, in lieu of Sam, we have back our popular guest from episode 7, our very own father, who is grinning like a fool currently, so we know it's going to be a great time as uh, he helps us discuss some of the week's notable events in sci-fi. Do you want to say Great anything? introduction, Clark. I appreciate that. I'll You're try welcome. to hold up my end. Good. It's great. We don't need any fuck-ups on the podcast, because everything here is about absolute perfection. Dad, didn't you want to tell people about um, Age of Ultron? You, you said you had something you, to mention yeah, about that. Yeah, you did that. some research. It's tangentially related <laughs> to sci-fi. since. Well, it's directly yeah. related to sci-fi. It's how you define sci-fi. But I think James Spader is Ultron. Oh, awesome casting. So you're recommending everybody should go see I should, it? I think that everybody ought to go see that. James yeah. Spader is awesome. Whatever role he's been in. You guys watch him on Blacklist? He's terrific. Yeah, I haven't seen Age of Ultron yet. I know Clark has. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Clark told me it was pretty good. Yeah, Excellent. it's really good. All right, It's a very good. enjoyable movie, but this is breaking news that James Spader is Ultron. So we've, we've got that <laughs> in, breaking now under the wire. Well, he is, isn't he? Yes. But, yeah. You know... Well, it's news to me. Okay. Well, welcome to sometime last year. <laughs> we'll get you caught up. Uh, speaking of here. That's things here. that happened more recently, like last week, for those of you who are listening, you will remember our discussion included uh, talk of NASA's warp drive that they stumbled onto. Yeah. What is it technically called? It's an EM propulsion system. Yeah. Electromagnetic yeah. propulsion. Right. I don't think NASA stumbles onto anything. I think it's all planned. Okay, well, I think you're right. I mean, I, they obviously did a whole, whole lot of research. Well, the thing is this. that what I've read is that NASA didn't really do any research on this. This was invented by a British scientist, and everybody in the scientific community told him he was a dumbass hmm. and said, that's a retarded idea. Physics says this can't happen. Hmm. Go away. But it is working, and now they're trying to explain why it's happening. Right. It is working. This guy was right all along, and classical physics doesn't understand why it does what it does. But it works. Right. So in classical physics, you can approach the speed of light. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't actually get to the speed of light. That's part of it. But what I think the, the bigger problem is that they don't actually understand what is going on inside the machine. Like physics explanations about acceleration aside, there's no explanation as to just what, what is happening inside. You put electricity in and microwaves come out, but they don't know what's going on. So what's changed since last week? As far as I know, it's that uh, a couple other teams around the world have been able to reproduce the results that the NASA engineers got at uh, JPL or wherever they were doing this. Yeah, there's confirmation on the yeah. results, and then JPL put it in a vacuum chamber to test it because last time they were worried that testing it kind of in the air might have corrupted their results, but the vacuum test proves that lasers are still being inducted into the, the chamber, the engine chamber, faster than the speed of light, apparently. Are you two my sons? I'm just checking. You guys are pretty smart. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Unless there's something you want to tell us. No, not at all. I, I just I like this conversation. Didn't they tell? Didn't conventional wisdom tell Galileo he was wrong too? Well, it's just I think that you know physics is a science, right? And they use mathematics to <clears throat> uncover the science, but it's not concrete yet like there's a lot of missing pieces like we don't know all the right the unified theory all the particles that make mm -hmm. up atoms and such aren't 
known yet and that the Large Hadron Collider is trying to solve that. But there's a lot of other things that were never reconciled, right? Like right now we're coming up against the uh, like the relativity problem and stuff that Einstein uh, – I forget. What was it that Einstein wasn't able to unify like time and – Gravity. Time and gravity. Yeah. And that's what this EM propulsion thing – doesn't isn't that what it kind of settles on? It's trying to bridge that. It it cheats actually. It doesn't okay. even. It just goes around the whole problem. I think relativity and all of that. It's like the Corbomite maneuver in Star Trek. Exactly. Yes. Like that. It's, it's a lateral move. You're right. Exactly. Hundred percent correct. I learned well and I taught you well. Good. Now, how many times have you seen the Corbomite maneuver? Counting all the training seminars you've led with many it. Times, many, many times. Many times. Okay. But it's true. It's applicable here. It is applicable. You're right. <laughs> So this just takes the relativity, gravity, unified field theory problem, sets it to one side. You didn't side. think I was paying attention, did you? I could tell you're paying oh, attention. Okay. You're right. sitting at the same table. I'd be worried if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be really worried about you if you weren't. <laughs> but this is like a, a cheat. So you get to skip all that worrying about that shit. Warp drive just puts you faster than light, and that's just the way it is. Doesn't, there's no consideration of these other problems. So right now they can demonstrate that it works with something that doesn't have mass, right? A laser. Right, something that has very, very in, like infinitesimally small mass. Right. So the test is whether or not an object of significant mass right. can be propelled in this same manner, right? Because then yeah. we could get to Mars in like six seconds or Alpha Centauri in a matter of like days or hours, right? Right, and I think that the, the deal here is they're trying to find out how big the warp bubble is. Like whether it can sustain a large enough, like how much energy you have to right. put to create that size to the bubble. How much power you yeah. need to make an appropriate size bubble to actually do the warp drive thing for something bigger. This is where Elon Musk's Tesla Corporation comes in. He'll supply all the battery power. I, I'm sure that somebody like Elon Musk is ultimately going to be the one to make this sort of thing work. Yeah, commercialize it at mm -hmm. least. Uh, I, I just wonder how much energy it takes to make this thing run couldn't tell you because if it I, I think you know sadly it would come down to an economic choice like if the cost of generating the energy to run the em drive is more than conventional rocket fuel mm -hmm. i think they'll stay with conventional rocket fuel because for the time being there's no plans to go to mars or beyond our solar system right so, and we have a lot of leaders right now who can't really think out more than two or three years. I'd say two to four years, yeah. maybe six, depending on where they are in the government. But I think that this, I guess it depends on what you're trying to put inside the warp bubble. I would, I would assume that the energy curve goes up as you're trying to make a bigger thing go. Yeah, I think this seems... Would a DeLorean fit in there? I don't we'll see think it with Michael Fox. You, we, this is you can't travel in time with this, right? You're, I think, I think you're, you're conflating really the concepts oh, here. Yeah, darn. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. That would have been a good joke if we were talking about time travel. Maybe you should pay attention. Sorry. Who knows but though? You, but if you do move quickly enough, you can travel in time. But this thing, this is the thing. This isn't moving you quickly. It's it that goes from zero to warp speed. Right, and, we're moving space around right. the object. So this is a separate yeah. issue. Okay. I but think it's this still is really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Cool. Transformational. You need to get closer to that. Very transformational. It could be. Yeah. Hopefully, I just think that somebody needs to do something with this that's bold, like actually send a probe to Alpha Centauri or something, just to prove that it's doable. 
Yeah, that's where I think it would be the best application is sending unmanned probes out and because that would allow no risk but you can collect a whole lot of data about how the engine is functioning and then on top of that you know all the all the stuff you can collect about an alien solar system if you could mm-hmm. get something there in a fast journey. what if we make contact with aliens well if they're aliens in elf centauri who are intelligent i'd be really surprised because hmm. we're so close hmm. to them we'd be getting radio signals or something think so yeah, we're very close to Alpha Centauri right. in the grand scheme hmm. of things. It's the closest star to us. Aliens. Aliens, yeah. Aliens would be I cool. Mean, there are alien. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to find aliens on some of the moons of Jupiter where there's water deposits and underground uh, ice seas. Bacteria. I'm pretty sure aliens. there's bacteria in yeah. there, so that hmm. counts as alien life. We'll see, though. Yeah, I think EM Drive has a long way to go, especially for humans, because... No matter what you're doing, you're still in space getting cosmic rays. Right. Know. Like, what are the effects of putting a human body in the EM field, this warp bubble, so to speak? So but should we yeah. send Sigourney Weaver out into the probe, since aliens know her already? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, I was just checking. No. And if you recall, the aliens she encountered in that movie weren't, like, you know, intelligent species that you can talk and communicate with more. Well, like they could communicate. Highly... They could communicate with each other. They right, like they were more like us. highly intelligent animals, not yeah. like they were kind of reptilian. Right. Yeah. So not so much. Not so much on Sigourney. Not yeah. people okay. you want to talk well, to. I was trying to weave her into this conversation, but they were a pun. I failed. Sigourney Weaver. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that either. <laughs> oh, I thought you were making <laughs> a pun. You well, should, you should have no. taken that one, and gone for the clever <laughs> points. <laughs> You should have tipped me off. You were coming with that, Clark. Okay, next time I will. So here we're going to talk about transparent aluminum. So get ready to make transparent aluminum jokes, Dad. Transparent aluminum. It's like transparent Dr. aluminum? Dr. Nichols. Dr. Nichols, yeah. From Star Trek hmm. Four. Exactly. Scotty and Bones. Give them the formula for a transparent aluminum to make the whale tank. Because people in San Francisco in the 80s can't do it yet. Yeah. But apparently you can now. The military figured out how to do it. Yeah, what I read is the military, in conjunction with Raytheon or Boeing or somebody who helps them make drones, develop this to make an ultra-durable uh, lens cover material for the drone camera, but that weighed less than like the bulletproof, crash-proof glass they had. So it's it's uh, for weight-sensitive platforms, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah, I get that, because they want the drones to be able to stay up in the air you know, 24 to 72 hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And they're already really efficient and lightweight, so I think any weight you can take off increases the fuel efficiency that much more for, you know, because they need them up there all the time if they're gathering intelligence. Mm -hmm. I just think, how could this, you know, the bodies of these things are probably made of, like, fiberglass or something like that, I'm guessing. I guess, yeah. It depends on the drone, I think. If we're talking, like, a Predator drone, it's probably made of aluminum, I'm guessing, or something like that. But a reconnaissance drone, I'm thinking it's, like, a fiberglass but you could get a transparent aluminum body for the drone. Imagine how hard that would be to spot. Right. right that, for that people who don't have conventional like GPS mm-hmm. or radar systems that they're using these um, spy drones on, it'd be very hard to spot them. So how is this worthy of super high sci-fi? Well, not only because it's a concept directly from Star Trek, like warp drive, but yeah. also because it's real. And it's it's like a science fiction idea that's been brought into reality. Oh, okay. Right. So right. if you remember, gotcha. if you remember in Star Trek Four, that 
They were working on an Apple II computer, and Scotty types out the matrix formula for transparent aluminum, and the guys are, like, all shocked because they said it would take, like, decades to figure out how to do this on their own, but that's cool because now... Now we've figured it out. We have the technology now. Well, I mean, to be fair to us, yeah. it, it's 30 years since uh, the voyage home, you know? So maybe that's all the time we needed on our own, right? Has it been 30 years? About, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. Oh, do you feel old now? No, I was just thinking oh, it was okay. like five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. James Doohan was alive like five or 10 years ago, and William Shatner was thin. Hmm. It's all gone downhill so fast. Yep. Yep. But it's really cool that's happening, and that's going to be a big deal, I think, for other co- like civilian applications like cars. Yep. I mean, that safety glass is in the front windshield of your car is cool and everything, but I'd rather have a piece of transparent aluminum that would just bend at the worst. Yeah, and most cars today, right, are still made out of steel. Steel, aluminum, or aluminum, or you know, carbon fiber, depending, carbon fiber, on, depending what on brand you're getting. Yep. Right, like. Higher end brands like BMW and they use a lot of carbon fiber and Tesla mm-hmm. things like that. But like if you're talking about the cars and vehicles that do the most work, like oh. trucks and things, I think they're mostly ma- they're right. They're mostly steel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think didn't Ford just make an all aluminum body yeah, uh, truck? The F one fifty I think is aluminum now. Right. So if you get transparent aluminum in there and you can replace even more of like the steel parts and stuff, mm-hmm. you're talking about commercial vehicles, better fuel efficiency. You know, that's good because we don't want to live in the sci-fi world where global warming, uh, you know, destroys our atmosphere and. Well, yeah, it's like I mean, Mad, be Mad Max beyond. Wasn't, wasn't the bad guy in Terminator One? Wasn't he transparent aluminum? You know, the guy that would. No, no, you're thinking of the T1000 from Terminator, Terminator 2. Two. Oh, that's he's right. He's not. T1000. He's not aluminum though. He's like some. He's like an alloy. Yeah, he's like a po- polymimetic alloy is what they think they call him. It poly just means what? Polymimetic means he's he liquid can, metal. Yeah. Well, polymimetic, I think yeah, if you he take can the, assume the, yeah, he shapes. Would, can assume many different forms. Okay. The Greek out of Arnold that. says it's knives and stabbing weapons. Hmm. Nothing complex. Right. Like that's why he won't turn into a bomb and right. blow him up. We just quoted the movie dialogue back and forth. Yeah, I saw that. I heard okay. that. I was pretty impressed. Okay, just to make sure. Okay, next know. subject. I'm getting bored. <laughs> Let's talk about why you're on this podcast. That's a great subject. Because <laughs> I didn't have anything else to it's, do it's today. It's been demanded to be. It's been seven demanded episodes. I demanded you invited yourself it. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I invited myself back on the podcast. Okay, well, um, here's a quiz for you. The planet Mercury, what is that named after? Hmm, a car? No, it's not a brand of car. The brand of car is named after the same thing the planet is. Oh, I got that one wrong then, didn't I? Yeah, try again. Mercury. Hmm. Yeah. It's a god. It is a god. A Greek god. Close. Mercury is the Roman god. Hermes is the Greek counterpart. Oh. God of messages, and he's <clears throat> also the god of medicine, right? Yep. That's... Carries the caducius. Yeah, you guys have unfair advantage. You took right. five years of Latin, both of you, so... Sorry, disqualified. This, this is available basis. on Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> this is, all this information is available on Wikipedia. <laughs> but the the probe, Messenger, get it? Mercury, Messenger, mm. was a probe sent out 11 years ago to yes. check out the planet Mercury. I remember that. Yep, and I'm sure you do. And it was uh, recently deorbited as out of fuel, and it crashed into Mercury, so it's dead. But it's been out there for 11 years. 
gathering information so it's like about Vigor in Star Trek One. No. Except that Vigor left the solar system yeah, and right. then learned about stuff and yeah. this one just crashed into a planet. Mm. Did right, it crash on its own or it run out of fuel or was it intentionally? As I just they said maybe a minute ago. They intentionally <laughs> scuttled it. You Be- said you s- I didn't hear it was that deorbited because it, de- it ran out of fuel. Well, what does deorbit mean? Is that they put a it's command? The opposite right. of orbit. <laughs> they send a command out to it to let its orbit decay on its yeah. own, and right. then it Thank crashes. Thank you, Grant, for that clarification. Right, and then they're collecting data up and until the moment it hits the surface. So they got all right. this info okay. about the atmosphere. On I hear Mercury it was a controlled Earth. crash. Right, because it's not. I'm a come simple back. man. I, I, you know, your yes. listeners probably need to be. You know, they, they're probably our listeners are all very smart people. <laughs> well, I've just dumbed it down. Yeah. Then haven't. Yeah. I think you're you're bringing it down. You're making it accessible to a new audience. Let's just let's say that. Very good. <laughs> you should be in is that, PR. Is that the polite way of putting it? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that's a good segue of speaking about things that are now accessible to like a new group of people. Uh, this week, it was pretty big news that Elon Musk, the Tesla, yes, Hyperloop, eBay guy of legend, entrepreneur. No, he's PayPal. 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 Fuck. Well, yeah. PayPal. It's bought by eBay, right? Right. Right, and now they're going to spin it off, Right. uh, ironically, after all these years. Regardless, he's a a famous uh, entrepreneur, venture capitalist. He's Mm -hmm. just a legend. And he's got his fingers in a lot of different pies, but one of them is Tesla, the electric car brand. And Grant, do you want to take this? Yeah, so they've they've got – they introduced a new battery product, and it's going to be um, like a mounted wall battery system that can either be used in homes or – businesses and other commercial properties and basically what it does is if you are have solar panels or you're getting solar energy the batteries can store this power so people could conceivably live off the grid completely and i think they're pricing the batteries at three thousand a unit Mm -hmm. which is actually pretty good for advanced lithium-ion technology in my opinion and if you think about the payoff down the road from that i think it sounds like a really good deal and you're storing power, and at the same time, I think it works with net metering systems so that you're generating power from solar panels. It can store enough power, and when it's full, it'll just turn to sending that power back to the grid, all the excess power. So then at night, you could be running on all Tesla battery power when there's no sun. So but what's the price point again? Three, it's like 3000 for a unit. And what, what, unit. what would a unit, would that be able to power a house? I don't. I haven't looked at what the exact breakdown is of how many you need for what. Uh, I don't know what the capacity is. Because an yeah. average house would probably spend three to four hundred dollars a month on air conditioning and heating, maybe. I imagine that a three thousand dollar battery would pay off yeah. pretty quickly. Probably then. twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, I would think. But I think it depends on how much you're expecting to draw from it, especially at night. Yeah, yeah I hear you. No, I like how he's thinking about this. I he's, do too. He's thinking really big because he's also an investor in Solar City, which is one of the leading solar power companies right now. And Solar City has actually gone a long way in bringing the price of uh, solar power per energy unit down to that it's almost competitive now with natural gas and oil and burning stuff like that. So and, imagine you have yeah. your Solar City panels that you lease from the company, so it's not a huge upfront cost. They're powering your Tesla battery. And then they're returning power to the grid, the excess. So you could live off the grid completely. I think that's a sci-fi dream that, you know, we've all been waiting for. Everybody wants to live independently like that. Uh, it's very cool. Just and it's my, green, too. My only yep. caution, unfortunately, is that in a lot of places, it's actually illegal to live off the grid. What? 
Yeah. In many places, it's illegal to be disconnected from the utilities. Not the U.S. of A. Well, you wouldn't... In America, yeah. Really? You can get around that, though, because... Why is that? Couldn't tell you why, just the way it is. Hmm. You, You can get around it, though, because you don't have to be completely disconnected, but... You know, because you're going to be sending power back to the grid. Right, right, right. So you can get around that, but you won't be drawing power from the grid at all if you can get the right mix of solar panels and, um, you know, batteries to store it. Which is cool, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, currently you can do that now with battery technology in, like, a hybrid solar system, but the batteries suck and you have to cycle them and make sure they're at the right temperature and take care of them. And, like, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of maintenance associated with it. From what I understand, this Tesla thing is like a black box. Power goes in one end, comes out the other, takes care of itself. Yeah, and it's all it's it's very smart. It's all connected wirelessly through your internet, home internet, to communicate with Tesla's home servers and things to know when it's full and knows like when it should be sending power back into the grid and such. And tells you when it needs to be maintenanced or if there's anything wrong with it or if it has a bad cell in there, which doesn't happen very often with these advanced designs. Bless you. Thank you. So the world needs more Elon Musk's. Really does. He's he's a good guy. Yeah, the world venture entrepreneur that's changing the world societally. Yeah. And from a business model standpoint, pretty cool stuff. We forgot his other uh, claim to fame, though, in our introduction of Elon Musk. SpaceX. Oh, SpaceX. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's the inspiration for Iron Man. Oh. Yeah, he is. For the movie version of Iron Man. Well, yeah, I'm saying the movie version of Iron Man. I don't think he's that old, but yeah. But he has a pretty good heart, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't make weapons either, but as far as his attitude. Right. Yeah, Yeah, he's behind SpaceX. The spirit. Yeah. Yeah. SpaceX is pretty cool. Yeah, and SpaceX is... I guess he'd be the U.S.'s equivalent Richard Branson. Yeah, probably. I'd, I'd say that's fair, although Sir Richard seems to spend a lot of his time here, so... Yeah. to say where he's from really anymore. Actually, I think like... But both are bold. They're thoughtful. Mm-hmm. They're creative. They want to make a difference in the world. Big thinkers. Big, big thinkers. I think Musk's companies, though, are actually doing a lot more for the world than Richard Branson's companies, actually. I mean, most of his companies are focused on... Making Sir like, Richard conventional money. industries <laughs> and entertainment stuff. I mean, and like his space thing is more focused on tourism. And it's cool because the technology that they develop from that will like help um you know space exploration in general but i don't know musk is doing things that are going to help us now yeah that's a fair point probably branson is he extends current industries and makes them more creative where musk creates new ones and is extremely disruptive in his thinking yeah i like well one of the things i really like that he did which is just i think his genius is that they released all their patents like tesla released all their patents for their battery technology which basically ensures that the battery technology can never be bought and shut down by like oil companies or something. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody likes to talk about how oil companies used to they shut down like dent proof aluminum or them and the car companies. The cars that run on water. Right. Cars that run that on water stuff. or air or stuff like that. Like all, any alternative what? system. Of, what was that thing Steven Seagal mentions in the end of one of his movies about the environment? The, the cars that run on magnets, the magnetic engines. The movie where he drops Michael Caine into the oil rig. Let's not let's not mention Steven Seagal ever again. <laughs> Steven Seagal, awesome guy, <laughs> awesome thinker in that speech. He has nothing to do with sci-fi. Let's. Well, his movies are kind of sci-fi. I, I, yeah, related. I think his career is really science fiction. <clears throat> like, and they're just unbelievably bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like a holodeck simulation. I don't know if they're bad. So I, I like them. I think they're entertaining. Okay, well, that makes one of us. 
I think they're funny if, from like a laugh at them standpoint. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna watch like Hard to Kill or something, that's just funny, right? You're not watching it because you're interested in the story. No, you're watching because you want to see him stab the guy with the pool cue. And no, Gary say, Busey. And die. Gary Busey steals the show in that movie. Yeah, Gary Busey steals a show in about every movie he's in. Yeah, you know he he played Bear Bryant too. You got to watch that. It was really good. Moving on. Listeners. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Alabama why, don't football keep us history. On, why don't you keep us on task? That's here. what I'm trying to do. You're making it hard. And your phone's buzzing. Stop disrupting the podcast. I'm going to put you in detention. Okay, well, anyway, while he's checking his messages, uh, there's some movie news that's, I guess, of interest. Uh, the Force Awakens is coming in December. Yep. But mm-hmm. rumor has it now is that AMC theaters, so whatever the AMC theater properties are near you, are going to be showing a marathon of all of the Star Wars movies that exist, you know, now, all six of them. We don't have any AMCs near us, do we? We do. Newport, AMC right? Newport and the Levee. All right, so everybody knows where we're from now. I think we said we're in Cincinnati before, but yeah. to be clear, we're in Cincinnati, Ohio. Right, and, uh, so Newport's we can go across, across the, the Queen river. City. Right. Yeah, to go to Covington, which, or Newport. and that's Home of the Reds. Theaters. Yeah. Right. But AMC 2015 theaters. baseball all-star game. Pete Rose, reinstated. Yes, Pete. yes, and we were also in the World Choir Games. No one gives a fuck, okay? Let's get back to talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry. So it's going to... We don't know what version it's going to be. It's going to be the Lucas. I assume it's going to be the digital ones uh, they released this month, yeah. It's yeah. going to be the... Uh, <clears throat> I wish Disney would just get around to releasing the original theatrical cuts again, and we can stop with all this Lucas crap that they're putting out. Well, a few months ago, or not a few months ago, but a few episodes ago, it was in the news for the podcast, I don't know if you remember, but Disney has said that they do have the originals, that they are cleaning and transferring. Yeah, that Lucas tried to tell everybody that they were unrecoverable, yeah. Because he drew no. on them for the 94, 95 special edition. 97. Well, I mean, the first time he went back and changed stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. But I guess he didn't draw on them. So Disney must have gotten those in their acquisition of Lucasfilm, or they found a copy or something. They did. I believe they have them. I. Oh yeah. I hope. I know they're probably working on them, but I don't want to. St- I'm not going to go see Star Wars in the theater again unless it's the new movie. Right. Right. But I think they're trying to do the same thing like they did with um, Age of Ultron, where they had you know they're going to show all of the Marvel. Is that with James movies. Spader? Yes, James Spader plays Ultron. I don't know if anybody knows that. That's news here at the podcast today. Just want to double check that fact. But they had the marathon of all the Marvel superhero movies, so I don't think they put the Incredible Hulk in there, but they had Iron Man all the way through Captain America 2 before Age of Ultron. Like it was a 30 some hour marathon. Why is Race Bannon green? <clears throat> uh, Race Bannon is from Johnny Quest, first of all. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you mean Bruce Banner? Bruce Bannon. <laughs> Bruce Banner. Yeah, why is it green? Because it goes well with purple pants. That's not a very satisfactory answer for the listeners. The, char- the character's always been green. Actually, yeah. the character started out as gray. Exactly. Like he was gray on the first Back Hulk in my day cover. when I read those comics, it was gray. Right. But I think they moved to green because it's a more dynamic color. That come to think of all the comic books were gray, black and white. Oh, yeah. That black and back white. Back in the day. Back when you were born in the 1920s. Yep. Right. Because they had color ink, you know, in the late 1890s on the newspapers, but no, no mind to that. No mind. Yeah. Why are you here again? <laughs> anyway, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I invited I myself. Yeah. 
I don't want to see the Lucas-sized versions in the theater. No, but I think that anybody who wants to go have that experience of watching all of those movies with other fans is going to have to put up with that. Right. Which sucks, but... I think the more interesting news about <clears throat> Star Wars this week is that they um, parted ways with the director... Amicably, of course. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that, but... Uh, they parted Disney parted ways with the director of the second Star Wars anthology movie that they're going to do, which we don't know what that's about still, right? Do we even have a title? No, it's just Star Wars anthology oh, number two. Is that like sounds the, like a good title? Yeah, I mean, if they're actually going to make an anthology, that would be cool, but I doubt that's what they're going to do. That's what they are doing. They're uh, like Rogue One is going to be the first anthology film. Oh no, I meant like they're going to make a Tales of the Bounty Hunter where it's no, no, quick, they, quick, yeah, quick. I don't think they're going to do that, but. Um, so his name's Josh Trask. Trask Industries. I'm just I, kidding. Yeah. I'm conf- I'm asking you. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Trask, yep. and he was behind a movie, a sci-fi movie, a couple years ago called Chronicle, mm-hmm. which was a really low-budget movie about like teenagers who get telekinetic powers from some alien thing they find in the woods, and it made like a lot of money at the box office. So this guy, of course, his career took off after this. Yeah. And he is actually directing the new Fantastic or he did direct already the new Fantastic Four movie that is going to come out this summer. I guess it's in editing or something. Yeah, it's like the reboot of the Fantastic Four series because, you know, like we needed another Fantastic Four movie. We did. Well, I mean, after the Jessica Alba ones. Who's the stretchy guy in Fantastic Four? Mr. Fantastic. Reeve Richards. What's his name? Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic is my favorite. This is number four. I can't remember. They're all, they all have fours. They four. all have fours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite comic when I was growing up, just as a fact here. I can it's tell a, it made an impression. No, it's, it's, a good, it's a good comic. I just think that, like, we can all agree that the movies were bad. Like, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, they did a bad job with the movies. But the interesting thing is that now uh, there's a bunch of rumors out there now that uh, Trask has been fired from... Uh, yeah. The Star Wars. Well, how do you movie. know he was fired? Well, well because there's speculation that he was mysterious. fired. So one of the so the producers of the Fantastic Four movie are like Simon Kinberg and uh, I can't remember the other one, but Simon Kinberg's like a really big deal in Hollywood these days. He's behind the X Men reboot movies. He's worked on he's worked on a lot of stuff, and he was the producer on Fantastic Four. And apparently, mm-hmm. this uh, the director here was. So um, difficult to work with, according to a lot of inside rumors, that the producers actually had to step in and start directing the film, which is a big no-no in Hollywood because mm-hmm. you run afoul of the uh, Directors Guild. Mm-hmm. And I mean, word has it that Kinberg uh, communicated his displeasure with uh, this guy to Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Lucasfilm, and then they parted ways with him after that. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't think one good hit movie makes uh, you worthy of directing a Star Wars film. So I'm actually kind of happy about this because this just, I think Disney's doing a good job. Just shows that they won't take chances like that with a big franchise like this. This is a huge, huge franchise for them. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, his name is Josh Trank. I looked at Trank, sorry. I've been calling him Trask this whole time. Uh, Josh Trank. Trask Olgo from the Endar Spire. Right. So Josh yeah. Trank, you know, he likely was fired and they kind of said like, oh, he was like, you know, we decided to part ways and stuff. But I think the telling thing was he never showed up to the Star Wars celebration panel. 
Right, he had the but, flu. Right, he so had, maybe yeah. there was just some creative tension in the screenwriting, screenplay development. You never know. Anyway, he's gone. So who's going to replace him? I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that they get somebody. You know, it'd be really cool if they got. I know they'll never get them because they're just out of their reach. I think. But you know, somebody like if like a could you imagine like if a David Fincher did Star Wars or something. I mean, I don't know if he would ever come back to science fiction after his horrible, horrible experience making Alien Three, but he I mean, might. I you know. I think a Star Wars movie with like that kind of maybe they could get Gene Roddenberry. Uh, well, Gene Roddenberry died in 1991, so oh, and right. he that was never a director. Hard. Okay, really. no. yeah. All right. I mean, they've got the good Garrett- thought though, Dad. I mean, right. no, no big yeah. deal. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> They got Gareth Edwards doing the Rogue One, and right. I think that's a good choice. Although there are now articles on the internet saying, like, well, you know how Rogue One ends. Is it still good? Like, yes, obviously the Death Star gets destroyed. Like, yeah. we think that was a foregone conclusion 40 years ago. They might have spoiled that one for us. Like, I don't really care how it ends. I think the the attraction for that movie to me is just in how it happens, right? Like, it's going to be some kind of caper like bounty hunter um stealing information movie someone like oceans 11 with yeah. star wars someone well, yeah. they could go that way or they could go like hardcore you know military commando movie i have no idea what the scam to get the death star plants will or be. dog and dog and beth on the bounty hunter no no dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> no dog the no, bounty no. Hunter. hopefully that would be the boba fett independent spinoff movie <laughs> Boba Fett's wife, like a fat woman with huge tits, can be on his ship with him, try and track down you know people who don't pay their child support, intergalactic child support. You know what a fall for his career though. He has to go to being a galactic bail bondsman. (laughs) I mean, but I watched that movie. That'd be hilarious. But if he's but if he's got a ship that's with that uh, whatever you guys were talking about in terms of that plasma stuff, whatever. But he doesn't need EM drive. He has hyperdrive. Yeah, hyperspace is another okay around there. Does he get a cool car with it? Uh, he gets a cool land speeder. There's no wheels. <laughs> I mean, craft. I meant cool actually, craft. there are wheels on one thing. The the juggernaut. Oh right, but isn't that a legend now? No, it's in. Um, no, it's in episode three. Yeah, it's in oh, episode no, three. Right. Clark. Yeah, the, on watch the, it again, the, William. The attack on the Wookiee homeworld or whatever. It's it's in that. Yeah. They I use you see them. It's in the battle. Um, the like the big wheels and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, the, only thing I, it. the only thing I remember having wheels in there was like the gigantic hoop wheel, hula hoop wheel robot that fires missiles. No, they have that, and then the clone troopers had the juggernaut thing, and they only saw it like briefly. It was like one thing. Okay, I'm honestly not remembering it. Well, it was I, like I, a I five just, to seven second. Clip. Right, you, you have to watch for it closely. You have to be very discerning. Okay, Dad. I would give you a pop quiz right now on Star Wars, but we don't Only want to waste the time. Only true fans would notice it. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I hate episode three, so it's okay. <laughs> it's the essential element, man. No, it's really not. We, we could have done without all of those movies and been fine. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully yeah. there's an entertaining... I mean, who else would you guys like to see direct a Star Wars movie? Hmm. Um, Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. <laughs> Or how Lars about Gus Van Zandt? Gus Van Zandt. Yeah, have him do uh, Goodwill Hunting in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, okay, I could see, I could see that. How about uh, Robert Zemeckis? Actually, you he, he know, he would be pretty. He does big, sweeping, epic movie. movies. He'd he would do good. pretty well with that because he's a real special effects guy right. too, isn't he? He does a lot of motion capture stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd see Steven Spielberg doing it as long as George Lucas was barred from the property at gunpoint. 
like he wasn't allowed to enter the studio. Mm, Steven Spielberg, he he, after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I don't trust him anymore. I but I look into the background of that. That seemed like a lot of George Lucas just had some retarded ideas. And was like, it's my film company, Steven. You know, but the director has okay. control over the film. But, they can say no. <laughs> but the guy who owns the film company, I mean, realistically, yeah, the rights to check. Yeah, I mean, the gold makes the Lucas rules. is producing the whole thing and writing the budget for it and everything. He's probably He's ultimately got, a little got influence the final suspect. say. Yep. I still have faith in Steven Spielberg. He can make good movies. Yeah, he just really hasn't. Has he directed How about anything? Quentin Tarantino? No. No? No, I don't think he would be good at Star Wars at all. How come? It'd be like a Star Wars Kevin Smith movie. Everybody yeah. would just sit down and talk about no, like the Death Star. It, Quentin Tarantino would make the Star Wars version of Seven Samurai or something. <laughs> That's what he would do, and it just I don't think it would work for Star Wars. Who's the guy that does all the Leo movies? DiCaprio. Oh, Martin Scorsese. Martin, yeah, Scorsese. How about him? I, he just Does he seem like he likes playing in sci-fi? No. You never know. I don't think he's ever done sci-fi, no. has he? Maybe, it should, maybe it should, yeah. they should ask him. But you know, that's a good point that Dad made, because some of the best sci-fi directors mm-hmm. come from genres outside of sci-fi. Well, people try their hand at it. Right. Yeah. Like, Think about the Howard Hughes thing. Didn't he direct Howard Hughes with uh, Leo in it? Wasn't the it? Aviator? Yeah, right, maybe yeah. he didn't. I can't remember. That was a great movie. That was close, tangentially related to Star Wars. You should get tangentially related to your microphone. It was an invention. Well, I guess you could <laughs> stretch, really it, stretch the truth to say, yeah, right, that the, the spruce goose was sci-fi because nobody thought it would fly. Yeah. Yeah. And it lifted off in that last scene. That was right. cool. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think if they could get James Cameron. Just as long as we don't have a Michael Bay coming yeah, to direct yeah. one of these. I, Disney's too smart. You guys don't that. like Michael Bay, huh? No. It's not that, you know, I hate him personally or that I'd throw something at him if I saw him, but it's just he takes these concepts in film and then conflates explosions and hours rendered in mm. a computer with quality. Like, you know, especially if you're going to have a dumb movie that's just like shit blowing up fine, but don't try and sell it to me as like the epic story, like Transformers is now going to have some kind of Marvel connected universe. He's made good movies in the past, but everything that people know him for today, Transformers, Ninja Turtles... Right. Is all bad. I mean, he's made entertaining movies in the past. Right. Like The Rock. Right. But yeah. I, I don't think The Rock is like a... And Optimus a, Prime was my favorite, too. My favorite character. I can't complain and Megatron. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Optimus... Oh, Peter Cullen. Yeah, he's a great voice actor. But I mean, Peter Cullen's just doing what he's told. Like Michael Bay is the one who says the Optimus needs to run along a building with a sword and behead other robots. Like yeah, yeah, that's die. Yeah, yeah. or execute Megatron <laughs> when he's begging for mercy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't really need that in a Transformers movie. Probably not. Regardless, now Mr. Trank is gone from the yeah. Star Wars anthology too, so it's up in the air. I hope they get somebody good. Yeah, hopefully, but. Who knows? They may end up with a no-name person, and they turn out to be a really good director anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I mean, Ridley Scott was a no-name person before he did Alien. And, I mean, I guess everybody know. was a no-name director right. at one point, but I, somebody knew. A name Ridley Scott has to be a good director. Think about it. Well, Ridley it, Scott. And hadn't, like, the only movie he'd done before Alien was, like, a Western movie totally called, like, unrelated. The, the yeah. Duelist or something? Completely unrelated. Right, to so yeah. then they took him, and but he had a great, like, visual style, so they knew he'd be right exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah. You should direct that. I probably there. could, but yeah. I want to bring too undue claim to our family. I just think we're humble and we shouldn't bring attention to ourselves. 
Okay. I yeah, see so you're keeping that integrity. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, exciting news to pivot to, so, or not really exciting, but different. Uh, Star Trek. Star Trek returning to TV. What? When? Well, I didn't hear this. Jonathan Frakes says never. Well, that's okay, really. I he, believe him. But no, he says that, <laughs> according to his answers at a panel... Is he at the guy the that was number one? Yeah. Commander Riker, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah he's not my favorite anyway, so it doesn't matter what he says. How can you not like Commander Riker? What do you mean? He goes from being some kind of asshole to turning into beard guy who wants to fucks women within 10 minutes of meeting them, and then nobody can have fun in his ship, and he spends all his time policing other people having he, fun. His character was wimpy. Sorry. He was hilarious. He was wimpy. <laughs> His whole job was to just cock block the crew from doing anything amusing, but he could have fun. Whatever. I, think that's the job I don't care what he says. <laughs> so, so what's happened with Star Wars or Star Trek? Well, according to his answer at a fan panel at a convention, yeah. he says he's pitched several ideas to CBS, has been in talks with CBS multiple times, and they have expressed zero interest. Yeah, because he's part of the old what? guard. It's like, and I don't say that in a bad way. I think that. There's a lot of the old star guard for Star Trek that right. have great ideas, but CBS and Paramount, they're not going to listen to them because they're in the JJ universe now. And those movies make money, you know, ostensibly, right? You know, if you really right. look at it, the Into Darkness wasn't a financial success. Well, yeah, but I, I think that this was not him in the series, that he was attached like as a, a director or a producer or something. So it's I, tough I, for tough for broadcast networks though to fund, you know, scripted series. That might be the reason why CBS is going. Oh, eh, forget you, it. You might. I we won't say where you work, but you do have industry experience. So would you mind elaborating on why it's difficult? Because people might not understand why well, it's, I, it costs a lot of money to produce a scripted show, and broadcast is a, a declining part of the viewing experience. Cable is where it's where it's at. So it's difficult for the the big four networks to put money into. It's risky. It's risky. It's big. It's big for them. So what would be the risk, though, for CBS to license the Star Trek uh, on television intellectual property to, like, the Sci-Fi Channel, which is NBC? Well, they could. They could do that. I mean, because Sci-Fi is now... I mean, CBS is more drama-related, right? They have a lot of drama shows. They don't have a lot of... They own comedy is basically what they do. Yeah, comedy and drama, but, you know... The, the sci-fi genre is not theirs, yeah, really. Yeah, sci-fi no. is on cable mostly. Yeah. But right. that's what sci-fi, the channel, has been doing is they've now been... By the way, CBS Morning News is awesome. Okay, thanks. They're the only people that do hard news. All right, this promotional message brought to you. <laughs> yes, Paramount, please send a check. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll put the address in the description. Yeah. money. The Today Show is <laughs> so <it> weak. <laughs> CBS Morning News, watch it tomorrow. Okay, thanks. Charlie Rose rocks. Charlie Rose is great. What were you saying, Grant? That anyway, like sci-fi, the channel is actually investing in scripted sci-fi television shows. So I think that if they got a good idea for a new Star Trek series, that might be the perfect place to launch it. I put it on AMC. AMC, I don't think they would ever get into sci-fi. Really. You don't I don't think mean, so? AMC's no. got their bread and butter right now. With the Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Oh, I love it. I and love I think it. Their better Call Saul is probably going to be good for them, but... Sci-fi, as we talked about, I think two or three podcasts ago, they're dumping a lot of the stupid shit. They got rid of their reality components for the most part. Yeah, and they've kept like the good reality shows, the good competition shows, like right. Face Off and stuff. Which, but I mean, Face Off yeah. has like a sci-fi television kind of thing going on. It's not just we're going to dump people in a warehouse and film them. 
Yeah, and I, I like Face Off because typical reality show, there's a lot of drama and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's all convoluted. But Face Off doesn't have any of that. It's focused on the actual craft of doing makeup art. And so, I mean, they're celebrating the people who make sci-fi stuff come to life. So I'm okay with that, you know. And people who have real skill, not just right. a CGI animator pasting a face over little data. So how, how come you guys don't ever cover Walking Dead on your podcast? It's not because, Dan, as I have told you many times, The Walking Dead is not science fiction. Yeah. How, how do you how do you split the difference here? Well, I don't get it. Zombie stuff is horror, right? You know. Well, it's it's fiction too. It's, it's science fiction. What caused the zombies to begin with but that's the point like we science. never really know there was a virus but if, if if okay so the strain may be science fiction yeah a show like the strain about vampires but explained through scientific concepts like viruses and parasites yeah. uh-huh but the walking dead yeah there is some sort of sickness maybe Correct. but it's never explained in the comics or in the show exactly what's going on so, so until then, it is just as scientific as George Romero's movies, which are There Are Zombies Now. All right. So what happens when it becomes uh, science-based, that they find out that it's a virus to cause it, then, then do you guys cover it? If no, no. Six, six seasons worth, you but wait? In the show, they right. know it's a virus that causes it. Yeah, because right, because they, they, they all die. They go to the CDC, right. but at, that's the only time yeah. they ever hear about that. The CDC guy says it's a virus, right. and spoiler, everybody's infected, just that some people you know, don't turn right away or something. Some people are dormant carriers. Right. Right. But that's it. So just mm. saying it's a virus isn't enough. Like, you need to have more of a... And has season seven been renewed? Is that is that up? Oh, I mean, of course it's been yes. renewed. Yes. It right. just gets automatically renewed. Okay, we'll get off that topic. But I would yeah. suggest once once you have a little bit of space in your calendar, you got to do a little bit of Walking Dead refresh with the listeners. I mean, I would be okay with talking about it a little bit, you know, because... It's great. I, the thing with sci-fi... Clark, didn't you turn me on to that? Yeah, he, I did. You did, yeah. Yeah. But I'm... You just, said watch it for two seasons and it gets the same, but I watched it all six. It was great. It's awesome. A I lot mean, of character interplay. Maybe you have a different appetite for television than I do, but after the second season, it just... This, every episode was I had the an same. appetite for watching stuff that would make the flights go long. I mean, go shorter when I was on right. long hauls. Yeah. Yep. I know. So you're in a different spot than me. Yeah. Right. Okay, you can go back on task. I just wanted to ask the question, that's all. I, I mean, you didn't it, give me a very satisfactory answer, but that'll, no, I, that'll be okay. I think if a sci-fi, more sci-fi element was introduced into uh, The Walking Dead, we would talk about it more, because yeah. sci-fi is one of those genres that can graft onto other genres really I mean, easily. Right now, I'd call it a horror medical fiction show. It's like survival horror or yeah. situational horror. I mean, there needs to be more of like a persistent scientific element to what's going on for it to be sci-fi. Okay. Right. You don't have to justify. I just was well, curious. Well, you have to explain. All. So we're explaining. Like why if it was it a zombie show that us. took place on another planet, then it would be sci-fi. Hmm. Planet X <laughs> zombie. <laughs> or hmm. if the, you know it was following a different group of people who were trying to contain the outbreak from like a. Oh, they're doing that. Oh, they're making a fear, spin-off? Fear the Walking Dead spin-off series. It's another group of survivors, and they're in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. When's it coming? I don't know, Who's but doing I, it? I just read it. It's AMC. It's the oh, same people. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Of course it's AMC. Yeah, they own the When does the new season start? Season 7? I have no idea. You can check AMC's website, Dad. It's <laughs> yeah. amc.com. Yeah. This promotional message brought to you by Super <laughs> Sci-Fi. Anyway, AMC, listeners, send us a if check. you haven't we'll watched it, in watch it. It's yeah. awesome. We need money. It's awesome. We need money. <laughs> Okay, it's so the what, best. what were we talking about before we got derailed by a deranged old man? Uh, no, that was that was it. We were moving on. <laughs> well, move on to this. Uh, remember the Cube from the nineties? The the movie, the Cube, the Rubik's Cube, oh, the horror movie. Or yeah, I think it's Cube or the Cube. Maybe just Cube. 
No, not really. Yeah, was it was, that like a foreign movie? It was an indie horror film. Okay, yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Well, it's a weirdo, trippy movie with kind of a cult following, and it's getting a remake. Okay. But what I think is interesting is that um, supposedly it's got Twilight Zone pedigree, is what they're going for here. Are they making like an anthology show out of it, or is this like a movie remake? Uh, this is a movie remake, but the the guy behind the Lego movie is the producer. Ooh. Good. Okay. So, Lego movie was <laughs> I'm big just, I'm just trying to put these pieces together here. We're taking a trippy sci-fi 90s movie that has a cult following and making a remake with the Lego movie guy. Uh, my advice to that guy is just be very careful with what you do with a cult movie. Yeah. Because those fans, they will come after you. Well, I mean, they're the reason it's the only reason it's getting remade in the first place, I'll bet, because it has a cult following. Well, but if you screw up a cult movie that people just a few people really really love, they'll hate you forever. What's, oh, the, I, I what's the best cult movie of all time, science fiction wise? Uh, oh, well, I was going to say Big Lebowski, but science fiction wise, yeah. Since this is a sci-fi, super high sci-fi podcast, you, you got the task. name right. All right, there cult movie for sci-fi—that's a really hard one. Scanners—that comes to my mind. That's a cult movie. People go crazy over. What that. was that about? It's about people who have the ability to use like their thoughts to, um, what is it like, control other people's minds and like mm. create like psionic bursts and stuff, and so like they can blow up each other's heads basically by thinking hard really? enough. Yeah, wow. scanners. Yeah. What else? Um, does the Matrix really? Does that count as a cult movie? I think the first one might, because yeah. when it came out, for those of you who were were not alive at the time, the late nineties. It was a big hit, but not it, like a ginormous it hit. It was a yeah. big hit, but it was also all the critics and stuff were saying like... Really strange. It's entertaining, but wow, it's super weird. Like, yeah. Right. No one gets this movie. It was something kids latched onto more right. than adults did at the time. But then it came, became a huge thing. But at the time, I'd say that was kind of a cult sleeper film because yeah. people were just like, I like it, but I don't know why. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. I think you could say Alien was probably a cult film in the beginning. I mean, that's what they originally... Envision, envisioned it as right and then it kind of became a whole other thing and it wasn't really super popular until the 80s right when they made the second one brought more attention to the first one right. how about Sharknado What's no that's that? not a cult movie again that's no really that's a B right? movie so, oh it's a good yeah. movie that's a that's a well, are you talking about Sharknado one or two either either All well right. the first one was really campy the second one was a little formulaic but Sharknado well, one was awesome because the second Sharknado has the Today Show in it, so I'm wondering if your anathema for NBC no, no, no. continues. Okay. No, no, it was really I was struck by how entertaining it was. Oh, I haven't seen the second one, and it was campy because they knew that even the actors are kind of winking at you in the in the lens, saying this is really dorky, but we're having fun making it, and you'll enjoy watching it. We'll look it up then. Yeah, Sharknado. I'll watch it. You've not watched it. I've seen Sharknado 1. I haven't seen 2. Oh, you should yeah. watch them. I've seen the they're first They're going to do 3. I think they're, all, they're going to do a third one. I mean, this reminds me of the sci-fi channel movies like Nuclear Tornado, where the tornado <laughs> goes to the nuclear power plant. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know. Or just, Atomic Twister. Sorry, right, that's yeah, what it was atomic called. Twi- yeah, and then the there's just some really other funny ones, too. Dog uh, Soldiers. Dog Soldiers. There's uh, a pretty good actress in it. Tara Reid's in it. She's in both. Is that supposed to be a joke? No. <laughs> she's pretty good in it. No, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's very good in it. She plays the role perfectly. What is she good in? It doesn't matter what she's good in. She was good in those two. Bad Plastic Surgery, the movie? Oh, Sharknado yeah. 1 and 2, listeners. Actually, Get it on your file. I, I feel sorry for her that that happened to her. Well, I think the doctor yeah. fucked up. Yeah, it wasn't her decision to do that, but... 
You gotta, you gotta All right, let's get your, back on task here. What, hey, you brought up you're the, the one who keeps shit. pulling us off task. Yeah, yeah. Stop using your. Well, I was just asking about what the cult movies would be no, from a no. super high sci-fi. That's, that's not even a, yeah, that's yeah. That should be an episode next time. The cult classics of super high sci-fi. Uh, that is a good topic. We should yeah. do that. See, there you go. Write that down. It's in my head. I got I'll be. Uh, I'll come back for that. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great to have you and Sam on here at the same time. I'm sure it would be very enjoyable. Well, maybe we'll watch something then, yeah, if you have sounds, the time. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I don't really have any more sci-fi news other than that, you know, Star Wars is coming, and I think tomorrow is day the third. Yeah, tomorrow is the Star Wars Celebration Day. May the 4th be with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's oh, some, that's there's, so cool. May if, the 4th be with you. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing it for years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. May the 4th wow. be with you tomorrow. I like that. Yep. So, what do you do as a result of May the Fourth? Well, be there's with a you? lot of get-togethers. I think that there are like parties and stuff. Well, like events, events, like convention hall type events. Oh, so people can dress up and go and dress up, go. Um, there's a lot of like promotional stuff out there that oh, you can yeah. pick up on. It's very creative. I think May there's the there's new, a you. new line of toys or something that's right. Um, and just anywhere you can think of is doing like Star Wars specials on mm. stuff. Like Amazon's doing stuff with Star Wars that's on special. Um, like you know, if you guys are ever on Good Old Games, there's like oh, a huge yeah. special going on right now with Star Wars games. Like. Seventy five percent off. There's two big packs, right? The right. blaster pack and yeah. the, the, the lightsaber pack. Lightsaber oh. pack, yeah. Hey, what about those new lightsabers that are coming? What about them? What do you mean I think new? they're pretty cool. What do you mean new light? What, aren't, there, aren't there new uh, sabers, lightsabers coming in Star Trek? I mean Star Wars, the next movie. There's only the one with the the lightsaber hilt. I don't know. We haven't seen any no, new I ones thought, yet. I thought except there. for the except for the cross yeah, guard the lightsaber. One with, one with the cross yeah, I guard. I, I thought it was much better. Okay. I, mean, I don't know how you don't cut yourself. You. I like that. Hmm. Well, there Very you go. Creative. Yeah. Duh, I th- that, Some smart marketer. That was pre-Disney, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That's been yeah. going on for years and yeah, years. Very, very good. Somebody like at that. Lucasfilm came up with that, and that was a really good idea. Actually, yeah, I don't think they came up with that. I think that that was going on. Oh, was Luke. it a fan thing? Yeah, it was. I think it was a fan thing. It's and fan-inspired, even right. better. No, well, Grassroots. Okay, but feel, I'm saying to anybody out there listening, feel free to correct us if we're wrong about this, but... As far as I know, it was a fan-inspired thing, and then Lucasfilm kind of co-opted it and now does it officially. Well, Hover started it. It's actually really good. Really good idea. Yeah, it's a good plan. But kind of like Black Friday and, you know, Boxing Day in England, and, you know, it's May the 4th be with you. Yeah, except with more of a soul to yeah, it. Yeah, except this is... Uh, yeah, more of a soul to it. Yeah, yeah. Black Friday is kind of just like go out and binge on shopping. Or no, actually, Black <laughs> Friday is... Uh, I used to work at one of the Apple stores, and uh, it was it was a roll under the gate Indiana Jones styles. That's what it was. <laughs> Be the first in line. Yeah, roll under the gate Indiana Jones style. Run over to like the little sectioned off area to buy an iPod, of which there are a hundred stacked up. Like you, you fuck man, you're not gonna get one. It's okay. It's run, okay. Run, hey. run past the guy who tried to get to the iPods first with the right. spike shove through him. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make and make sure the penitent man. You do the roll. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is where Forrest all cashed in. <laughs> but hey, if we're wrong about anything, feel free to tweet us on Twitter. Uh, it's at super high underscore sci fi, and check us out on there, uh, superhighsci-fi dot com. And thank you for listening. Maybe we'll bring our dad back sometime. I'd love that. I'm sure he'll invite himself again to the podcast. And we'll try and see if uh, Sam's available, but he had one of these quote-unquote social events to go to today, which... He got frozen in carbonite. Yeah, you know, he's back in carbonite, basically, what he's trying to say. His girlfriend's frozen in carbonite. 
Which is cool. Maybe he's Duty calls. That. Duty calls. <clears throat> but we'll be back uh, next week. Thank you for listening.